1: Greetings and welcome to a special Tuesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is April 6th.
0: Andy, how are we doing? Brendan and Polly.
1: <laughs> how are well, this you guys? Is a little bonus episode. We are joined by our own old friend, Polly. He's sort of an OG. The Shotgun Start, even the fried egg, of course, he's been with the fried egg since day one. There are a lot of Johnny come latelys to the whole gambling scene paulie is not one of them we're not we're not relying on some idiot he's, off the he's street a johnny came early yeah try to jump in now that it's legal everywhere he knows his stuff he's never led us astray paulie thank you so much for uh coming back and, and gracing our presence
2: hey what's up guys anytime
0: hey first off big game tonight ncaa championship this is gonna be moot when everybody listens to it <laughs> but who do you like
1: no, this is a lose lose situation for him, probably, I right?
0: Like, I mean, because like, he can't give you a tip.
1: And if he's wrong, they're going to pop him. He looks like it. Like,
2: I like Gonzaga by high single digits. So I'll give you like seven, eight, nine points, somewhere around there.
1: Gonzaga. I'm, I'm on the Baylor trade. Okay. We should probably note, Paulie, you can find his work at Elite Sports Network. There's Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. Um, Again, we don't just bring in some schmucks to talk about this. Polly Polly knows his stuff. He's not out there looking for uh, looking for kind of fame, traffic, bump, anything like that. He's just winners, man. Just winners. Not not, not looking for the hype and the, the name up in lights.
0: That's why we like him. Uh, How are you doing with this short turnaround? Are you, you know, how's it thrown off the models? You know, you don't have the typical year-long lead-in. Has it changed anything? Are you, how do you weigh the fall one? Does the fall one even count? I I have so many questions.
2: Yeah, I mean, you still have to count the fall one a little bit, but you have to realize that each and every Masters, it's really, it's kind of an own event based upon the conditions of the golf course. Because some years in April, we've had it play, you know, cold and slow and other years it's been you know warm firm and fast so uh, when we had the event in November obviously the greens are kind of soft we've had some events in April weren't as soft heck uh, the previous time we had it in April in 2019 it was a little soft in the greens but the way the weather is right now and the way the course has been it's absolute mint right now so I think they can get it as firm and as fast as they want to uh, it's just a matter of what the you know the setup Uh, the committee really wants to do with it. Yeah,
0: when Reed won, it was soft, too. 2018. Yeah. I think it's hard, kind of,
1: too, to take much away from an event that didn't have Ian Woosnam in the field for only the second time since 1988. You know, just setting aside conditions. It's just kind of an asterisk next to that. And now he's back. So I don't know that you can take a lot of sort of insight from that event, given he w- was
0: Woosie wasn't in it, and Berger, the, thir- the then 13th ranked player in the world, that's, wasn't in it. So, you true. know, the probable champion wasn't even in the field. Yep, <laughs> that's
1: true. Hey, this is a holistic question, too, kind of along the lines of what Andy was getting into before we go into specifics. Is it like... Has it changed now with just the the proliferation of like people throwing gambling advice out there? People like the money that's poured in, obviously advertising dollars in terms of like, I don't know where you see lines set or where you see pricing on the daily fantasy stuff. Like, has that gotten harder, easier, just more congested? Has anything changed materially since that's really blown up in the last whatever year to 18 months.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's changed is that there's more people out there, about ten times as many people providing, you know, insights or their own thoughts or advice on things. But in terms of like the actual like, uh, you know, lines being out there in the books, that really hasn't changed. The only thing that helps is as the market gets bigger in terms of like, you know, more people betting, it, it actually helps uh, helps me as someone who bets for a living uh, yeah. because books can afford to take more action when they have more people betting.
1: Sure, sure, but the, the prices in daily fantasy is kind of all. This, I mean, I just got to think this is the major. This this Masters is the most analyzed and hyped and promoted as a gambling event in the history of the Masters. Now you know it just can, well, that will continue to get bigger.
2: Yeah, the the, the one thing they, that DraftKings does for like you know for fantasy golf in terms of the pricing, whatever it's a major tournament, they price everybody a little bit lower than they normally would because they want you know, the average Joe Schmoe, who maybe plays fantasy golf twice a year, to be able to put six players in his lineup that he knows. Whereas in a normal week, you have to, you know, really take guys that the average Joe doesn't really know. Whereas here you have, you know, guys, example, like this week, you have maybe, uh, you know, somebody like an Abraham answer at 7,400, or an Adam Scott at 7,600. Those are players that are normally $1,000, $1,500 more in normal week, but are priced a little bit lower this week. Because those are really the worst guys that you're putting in your lineups, even though they're really good, you know, players and are known by most golf fans. Right?
0: Would you okay. be worried at all about Abe answer's height? That's something I think, uh, like some great sports analysts, like Skip Bayless, would consider. So Is that your model height?
2: Uh, I mean, considering Ian Woosnam has won this event I, and Mike Weir, I think we can kind of, you know, go away from That's that. True. You can throw good height point. out the
0: window
1: at the <laughs> math immediate <ed> rebuttal. <laughs> I like it. Fantastic. Now, more seriously speaking uh so we're hearing it's like super firm i know we just started talking about conditions what 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 do you look for at Augusta year over year like uh, you know you hear the stats guys say distance matters uh, you know it, it not it's not exclusive lawn hitters but it, it obviously is an advantage like it is almost everywhere um is there anything specific to this year that you've heard if, if it is going to be hard firm and fast they're talking about it's Seems like it's the toughest it's been in a while. Are there any players that that, that change anything for you in, in the last week?
2: Yeah, I mean, distance is nice, but that's only like the second most important thing for the week. And the number one thing, and will probably agree with me on this, is definitely the iron play. Uh, we see it year over year. The guys who hit the ball the best for the week with irons are the guys at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, and, and it's going to be the same thing again this year, the Masters, I expect. Because if you're not hitting your irons well at this course, you're going to be left with 50-foot putts, which are very tough to putt, or you're missing the green in the wrong place, which is going to lead to bogeys and doubles. If you're hitting the ball correctly, you know, in the correct spots of your irons, you can make some birdies in this course. But if you're not, you're going to be struggling.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. And, it, and yeah, the lies obviously just heighten it too because, you know, it just makes it that much harder to hit the irons in the spots you want to hit them. Um, uh, hey, you, what do you got, BP? Go ahead. I was going to say go to your DraftKings. Yeah, you do I was ha- okay. we're going to do this exercise. I, I am a Joe Schmo that barely ever plays DraftKings, but I might play it more often. I, you know, I might get <laughs> super into DraftKings this year. <laughs> I don't see um, that happening. I, I just have to remember to fill it out every week, which is um. Uh, uh, hey, let me ask you just a holistic question. This is what I do when I open up DraftKings is I scroll to the bottom, I get right into the dumpster. I go right into the bottom. I find the bottom feeders that I like. I, I usually pick three of those guys before I ever get to the top. I don't even look at the guys at the top because I want all the money I can spend up top. Is That's that a strategic the worst approach
2: in, in the world there? I mean, typically what, what I do each week is I just kind of go through and jot down all the guys that I think have value on it. But, I mean, if you start, you're going to have to have two or three guys. Down below 8,000 every week in your lineup. So your approach is pretty much going to the, the same as me as well.
0: All right. Okay. Hey, I'm not a complete hey. idiot. All right. <laughs> you want you want my cheap guys that I like?
2: Uh, of course, as long as their last name doesn't rhyme with uh, Zolabo.
0: <laughs> I don't have any past champions in my cheap guys. <laughs> I got Corey right. Connors at 6,900. I got Coke Crack, poor ass boy, at 6,900. Yeah. And I got the burnt cheeseburger, burned Wiesburger, at 6400
2: Okay, I mean, in terms of Connors, Connors I definitely like this week. uh, Considering he's an elite iron player, uh, and he's been playing very well of late. And he played well here uh, last year, I believe, a little bit, too. So he knows the course a little bit. Uh, Wiesburger, I think he's made all five cuts of this event. That's what I was going for. He's just a cut-making machine. But the only thing is he hasn't been in great form this year. So oh. that kind of has me a, a little bit hesitant on that. Uh, and you think you throw, I should uh,
0: switch him out for Wallace or somebody?
2: Uh, I, I think that's a potential. I think there's a couple other guys down there you could pick, too. I mean, you could take, like, a Victor Perez at, like, 7,000. Ooh, I like him. Who's been playing very good of late and uh, I think is going to go probably a little bit under own because people don't really know, you know, Joe Schmo doesn't know who Victor Perez is. They think Perez, I think it's Pat Perez, but it's not. <laughs> oh, God.
0: I like we're that. Not, I'm making. I'm making the change. Okay. I can't afford DJ anymore, though. It's Okay, plenty re- of other
2: options re- up on top. I'm gonna
0: rework. I gotta re- now. See, now we're getting into the spot where we're reworking the lineup already. Yeah, there you go. Um, getting
2: the...
0: Let's go to got? the mid tier. So I got in the mid tier. I only have burger, because I was gonna spend expensively, but. You know, I got burger at eight thousand five hundred. There's so many options. This is where there's there's just so many options at between and eight thousand and nine thousand. I almost didn't like my my objective of going really cheap and then going really expensive.
2: Yeah, that's what happens when I was talking about like the pricing for the majors. Is you have all these guys that are normally so much more expensive. You know, the burgers, the M. Scheffler, Matsuyama, Fitzpatrick at eight thousand one hundred. Right, all these guys could win this event or could top five, and it wouldn't be surprising. But in order to win the biggest prize in DraftKings for the week, you're going to have to have all six guys finish top ten. So that's really? always a question that you kind of have to ask yourself is when you're done with your lineup, is it feasible for all six of these guys to finish top ten if you're trying to you know, take down a big tournament on DraftKings?
0: I don't know if crack can finish top ten.
2: That, that, that's the one thing. I would prefer Kokrak if we are playing maybe a PGA Championship or maybe even a U.S. Open, but I don't know if the Masters – you know, being on Bermuda, you know, being on, you know, being down here in uh, Georgia is necessarily the best fit for
1: it. So Andy, are you kind of calling out the greencoats here as uh, going light on the CT testing with both Connors and Kokrak on your, I mean, it's like you, you're not pretty much faith that they might CT test here.
0: I'm picking a team. I'm looking for guys that push the limit in all aspects of life.
1: Might be red light, push the limit, red zone, <laughs> uh, not yellow, but red. Uh, yeah, I guess All you're right, your banking on not testing.
0: Co-cracks out. We're we're reworking the whole lineup. I had DJ and Cantlay. I'm taking those guys out now, and we're going bare bones. We got Vic Perez, Corey Connors, and Berger. And now we're wow. gonna add add in some people.
2: I definitely don't mind that as long as you don't try to you know put an Angel Burrow who's not playing an event because he's still in prison or something like that. He needs
0: to be extradited. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> extradited. To... Uh, what hey, do you while think about? Here,
0: what, how about how is Westy eighty eight hundred?
2: Do you think that's too cheap or too too, too expensive. Uh, expensive? I mean, it's a, it's his record here. His record's absolutely impeccable here. I mean, and, and you're a big Westy truth You should know,
1: right? This. We've given him too much juice. I mean, there's he, too much I think uh, that's what I say there's
0: way too much juice on him. He, I'm used look, to seeing look, him in the 7,000.
2: If you look at his last 10 starts, he's gone 38th, 18th, 2nd, 46th, 7th, 8th, 3rd, 11th, 2nd, and 43rd. And you add it to the fact that he almost had two wins uh, in the last five weeks. That's why his price is like that.
0: Do you like Westy this week?
2: Uh, I, I don't mind him. I don't know if he has the upside to win, but I think he has uh, enough upside to top 10. Uh, it's just a matter of you know whether he's going to be uh, helping your lineup at eighty eight hundred because there's other guys like between him and Matt Fitzpatrick at eighty one hundred. I-, I rate them out similarly, and Fitzpatrick's seven hundred dollars less.
0: And I feel like Paul Casey at seventy seven hundred is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's that's Casey's one of my top two biggest values uh, on the entire board this week at seventy seven hundred.
0: Paul Casey just got added. There we go. Brendan's hey, favorite who, golfer.
1: While we're while Andy putts around over there and, and figures out his guys. Who are the expensive guys to apps you're not on? You stay away. I mean, Brooksy seems to be, are you out on Brooks? He says he needs to find walking lines on the course. Like he's fine <laughs> swinging and hitting the ball, but he's looking for good walking, you know, the flattest paths. Uh, are you out on Brooksy? I assume he's priced. What other high priced guys are you trying to stay away from?
2: Yeah. I, I wouldn't be playing Brooks at 92. I also wouldn't be playing Bryson at 10, uh, I just don't know if he has everything that's needed right now to win an Augusta. I still think he's trying to figure it out between his distance and stuff like that. Uh, and, and then his iron game here, he, he's been good in a lot of course at irons, but I don't know if it's the best for Augusta because you have to be so precise on everything. And if it's getting firm and fast, it requires more precision and more thought process. You can't just bomb and gouge everything. Whereas mm-hmm. like you could kind of do that in the fall a little bit, but he still struggled with that. You
0: wonder about, um, the single length, if, because of how many, how much the slopes impact everything, if it has a negative impact where like those single lengths help him out of the thick flat lies because it can generate more speed, but you know, maybe on those side hill slopes, it makes it a little bit more awkward. Like I always like, am amazed when he's got like that lob wedge out and he's trying to hit a chip shot from like a weird lie. And you're like, God, that just looks awful.
1: Yeah, he was on the range tonight, like a little circus act doing his speed training. While VJ was laughing yeah. at him, he was like just coming out of his shoes. So.
2: Yeah. It are we ahead, are Paul. we all
0: aboard the speed train?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually like speed. I think I think one thing that helped him is the fact that the salaries came out before he won last week, so we're getting a depressed price on speed. If they released the salaries after he won, I think you would have seen him probably. Be priced around maybe ten thousand five hundred instead of ninety four hundred, uh, because that's where he's in the betting market. He's a second favorite in this event right now, betting wise.
0: I just added him. I got a problem though. You know, I'm looking at only only Rory is my only ten thousand dollar option I can afford, which is a problem. I don't buy. I'm not buying Rory. Are you buying Rory?
2: Uh, I think he's an option, uh, considering that he's that much cheaper than you know DJ. He looked right? deep. He's only, he, he's only he's only ten 2 and we've seen Rory have ups and down struggles in his career, and then all of a sudden you just pop one week. Uh, and you really can't deny how good that he's played here at Augusta, right? Even on years when he hasn't played great coming into it, I mean he's gone what fifth, twenty first, fifth, seventh, tenth, fourth, and eighth in his last seven appearances here. Uh, now sure he hasn't won, you know, here at Augusta, but I think he has a lot of upside to where he can finish top ten again.
0: I don't Look know deep, if I can allow, the you allow you to talk me into Rory.
2: There, the, the good news I is like, there's plenty of other options, and you can swap out somebody else down below to get an extra couple hundred dollars so you can you know buy up and play.
0: Who's you your know. favorite big name?
2: Uh, favorite big name is it's pretty much tied between John Rahm and Justin Thomas. Uh, Thomas obviously won the players, but when we're going back talking about what's needed this course, it's iron play, and Thomas pretty much the best iron player in the field right now uh and then John Rahm aka baby swag is probably you know one of the better fits for this course as well too he's played well here in the past where you have to be you know kind of aggressive in some spots and then not aggressive other th- other times uh Rahm's you know gone seventh ninth and fourth his last three times here and I think he's ready to win a major and this is, uh, is a pretty good fit for him
0: so I need a hundred bucks to get to JT you think that's
2: where I where I, I zone in unless there's somebody else if you want to get up to rom or if you want to get to dj there's there's ways you can get to that
0: well i think the easiest cut is is burger we're not we're not moving away from uh victor or ct connors okay or paul casey at this point so burgers out who who goes in then cam smith fitzy you like Chicago Zone? <laughs> that much. He,
2: he was Chicago's own for a very short time at Northwestern <laughs> University, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind Fitz eighty-one hundred this week. Uh, he's a guy that's been playing very well and has played very consistent here at the Masters. So uh, I think it's kind of a good uh, a good fit, and I think he's definitely has some value sitting there at eighty-one hundred. Man,
1: Paulie, you're from the Chicagoland area. Paul, you're from the Chicagoland area. What do you make of what do you make of Andy? Just like soft. Soft little millennial fleeing to Florida, fit, dodging all of real winter.
2: <laughs> it's not surprising.
1: <laughs> oh, there we go. Has it been rough up there? Have you been envious as he's sitting on the beach and sitting in these porches with all these people complaining about the crickets in the background? He's just living life with his feet up, you know, and you're out there in real winter riding it out. I, I think yeah. there should be a little animosity
0: here.
2: It, 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 it is what it is, Brennan. Nothing I can do about it at this point. <laughs> all
0: right. All right. I don't know if Where I can get in on Fitzy. I I don't know if I can buy in. I I'm struggling. I I think I like what? Fleetwood or Cam Smith more.
2: Well, the good news is you can always change to whatever you want. You're the one making the lineup, Andy. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can Hideki Can Hideki win?
2: Yeah, if he is in the top ten going into the weekend, we're going to hear that question eight million times in the media room. I know that. So.
0: <laughs> but legitimately, can he win?
2: I don't know if he can win. I think he can get a high finisher,
0: though. Oh, God. All right. Well, I, I'm going to take... So it's been, uh, what, five years since he won something like
2: that? Six years? I, think. Yeah, I hate this. I think My lineup's 17. completely
0: different now. <laughs> I'm wow. taking Fleetwood. Oh, man. I've got ROM available now, too. See? It's all well, right. You, we... once, you once said, leave money on the table. So I'm taking JT.
2: You can, yeah, you can leave them if you're playing. Let's say to win a million dollars, and there's That's, you know three hundred thousand dollars, entries this week. It's okay to leave you know three, four hundred dollars in the table because uh, it's going to make your, your lineup unique. I mean, sure, you'd love to win first place, but wouldn't it kind of be a bummer to win first place and then find out you are tied with seven other people and only would get like one hundred and forty grand?
0: <laughs> It'd suck to win one hundred and forty grand. I mean,
2: it would be great to win it, but you'd much rather have the uh, uh, equity a chance to win a million dollars by having a unique, unique lineup.
0: All right, there I got my go. lineup. Thank you for the guidance. Uh, all right. There we go.
1: Fantastic. Um, who's your pick to win outright this pick week? Or is it too early in the week to ask you that, to pin you down on that?
2: No, I mean, I mean uh, if I had to choose one player irrespective of salary or odds, it would, odds, probably, be, yeah. it would probably be John Rom this week. Uh, okay. Just finally ready to win a major. Sometimes we've seen this in the past where I'm not necessarily on narrative street, but whenever guys get perspective in their lives, such as having a kid, you can kind of calm their nerves down and calm their mentality. I think that's something that can really help John Rahm this week. Is he just kind of freewheeling it and not really caring about golf as much? And I think that mm-hmm. might actually help his talents just kind of come out and, you know, win a major. Wow. Well,
1: let me tell you, if he's anywhere near that first page of the leaderboard, we are going to hear that exact line quite a bit come mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday from IBF, Jim Nance, Nick Faldo, Frank Nabilo, and others. So that will be... A, a talking point i'm sure it'll be Adam that it'll,
2: it'll, it'll be that or whether jordan spieth and justin thomas uh have been friends so you know,
1: <laughs> the ghost of Sevy and new dad temperament carrying john rom on, on sunday <laughs> at least um, azinger won't be
0: talking about pressure <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey how far like uh, what we always hear is like there's no value right and like what top five top the lowest odds like say whatever dj is 10 to 1 12 to 1 speed like those guys where do you start to like actually feel however we define value like it's fine to think jordan speed's gonna win but betting that might not be the smartest thing how do you define that
2: yeah i mean my process every week is i, I go make my own odds uh, okay and okay. then how to- do you do that uh, you basically go through and figure out what the percentage is for each player in the field to win, sum it up to 100%, and convert that to what the odds are. Uh, and so the nice thing about that is you convert it, and you then can compare it to what the books say. The books, obviously, odds are different because they have you know juice in there, so they make money. But if, you can, if I can ever find something that has a has an edge on my number versus somebody else, that's when you're going to be betting it. So if my player, I think, if I thought John Rahm was maybe 9-1, to one and he's shown at 11-1, I'll bet him at 11-1. Because there's, because there's quote unquote value.
0: Is there value in Westy? Uh,
2: no, there is not value in Westy. Uh, I mean, I'd have him closer to, you know, prices are high. Yeah, I mean, he's he's sitting there in the market right now around forty to one to win this event. Uh, I think that should be closer to about eighty to one, just because we haven't really seen him close the deal. Uh, in events, sure he he can, he can contend and be up there. I just don't know if he can finish the deal come Sunday.
0: Do you like uh, the betting top 10s, top 20s, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, some of the biggest edges I usually have are betting top 40s, actually, which are available on a lot of books. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. where you can kind of find your guys who aren't necessarily the top studs, but are very consistent players, uh, and you can bet those. Most books will have, uh, you know, top 20s, top 30s, top 40s, and you can get different prices based upon which one of those you want to bet for guys. Do you like then
0: parlay stuff like that, too?
2: Uh, the, the, you actually can't parlay those because they're dependent upon each other. So Come on, uh, AD.
0: I don't know this stuff. Yeah, just kidding. Because otherwise,
2: you, you know, if, if all these guys were, let's say, tied for you know, ten-way tie for nineteenth or something like that, there there could be you know that would actually help the payout. Or if certain players are the similar characteristics, they don't want you parlaying. And if you chose all bombers and you parlayed four of them and it played long, that would obviously be correlated and would help help. So they don't want you doing that either.
1: All right, here's our annual annual segment. You do your own odds. Do you think it's fair that Woozy is 4,000 to 1 and it's <laughs> a, last by like a mile? Low, by worse by a mile? Like, is he that much worse? It, Mize and Sandy Lyle, Mr. Guy's wearing freaking suspenders, playing the Masters in suspenders, and he's 1,500 better at 2,500 to 1, better than Woozy. Now, Woozy's just. You know, gobbling down hash browns and, and waffles and, you know, something maybe... He's grinded. He's been grinded. I just, I think 4,000 to 1 is a little disrespectful when you're talking about it in relation to Lyle and Mize and all the thobble and weir and all these others.
2: I mean, honestly, I had wisdom at 8,000 and I up for, uh, oh. uh, upgraded him up to 6,000 after I heard, figured out that he got his hash browns smothered and covered at Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a big adjustment to make <laughs>
1: That's amazing. That's what well, I wonder. What the what's the make the cut
0: line for him? Well, I mean,
2: uh, I thought he was about four or five to one. I I, I could I can check, but I think okay. About
0: four, to one. How, how, uh, oh, okay, how ambitious do you think it is that Brian Gay has planned out his scripting for four four <laughs> rounds of competition? <laughs>
2: Uh, it's very, very ambitious. He's been struggling to make the cut on normal weeks, let alone in the Masters. But he, on of course, that really doesn't necessarily suit his game that well. But... Props to for the conference, though.
1: <laughs> He's three hundred to one. I mean, Brian Gay has scripting. Well was doing this? Who's releasing this? Who, who asked for this? Brian Gay, four days scripting.
2: If it makes you feel any better, he was he was one hundred and fifty to one to win the Bermuda Championship.
1: Yeah. Uh, in the fall,
2: and there you go. And then he was the to win at Augusta.
1: So what would you do if it's Brian Gay? I, mean, I saw some stat
2: that would help runs- any narrative of short guys. Winning. Yeah.
1: We're on some stat of like long, like since Keegan in Atlanta of every player being top fifty in the world. I think top fifty was the threshold to win majors. I don't think we've had someone from outside that since whatever that would have been twenty twelve August. So uh, wouldn't bode well for Brian. Gay. I you think any
0: you like any outside top fifty? Do you think that's that's just a fool's fool's errand chasing some extreme long long shot?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of tough because this isn't that big of a field, right? We only got 88 yeah. guys, and there's not many guys outside the top 50 here, right? Uh, if it was a event, maybe a U.S. Open or obviously the Open Championship has the biggest chance of doing it because of, you know, uh, Lynx golf being different and weather conditions possibly and the fact that it being a larger field, you have a better chance of someone, you know, being 80th or 100th in the world winning. But a Masters is really tough. That's why you always see the top winners is because there's less people in the field, less other people to kind of pop up and have a week of their lives.
1: So it's hard to find like the value plays outside. Yeah. There's really not uh, many value
2: plays when you think of the fact that 88 guys, you can cross off about 15 of them right away. You're down to 73 and 50 of those are guys that are top 50 in the world. Right. So you're down to like 23 other guys to choose from. And do you think one of those guys is going to win? It's kind of unlikely considering this course suits guys that are, best iron players the longest drivers and that tends to be the strengths of guys who are in the top of the world rankings
1: is there an amateur that kind of any kind of well, amateur bet top 40
0: I was going to ask, ask him some pool questions
1: well there's only three I mean are you factoring in the ghost of Frank maybe carrying his grandson over the cut line I mean like that's are there any amateur bets you like now that we've talked about some of the old timers
2: no I, I did not touch any amateur bets this week okay all right. All go. right. I'm gonna read. We got the shotgun start
0: pool. You, your odds might not cover some of these,
2: but that, that, that's fine. I, I, we're we,
0: we're gonna release this, and uh, we might ask for some input on some questions. But we got yeah. we got a, a few that I want to throw you right off the bat. All right. We have the dog adjacent category: Mark Leishman, Jimmy Walker, or Matt Wolf.
2: Uh, in terms of who finishes higher. Yeah, Low score. yeah that, 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 that would that would be Mark Leishman there uh, by by a good margin.
1: Jimmy Walker on his farewell tour with that five-year Baltusrol exemption running out. That, I think yeah. this is uh, this will be <laughs> au revoir to uh, Augusta,
2: but we'll see. We'll see.
0: Matt, and, Matt, um, what happened? Matt Wolf was like one of the five to ten favorites in the fall. Like he just.
2: Well, he's been he's been injured on and off, and then his game kind of left him at the same time. And that's a, a tough combination to come back from.
0: Yeah. What do you, who do you think is going to be the low sea island mafia member? Harris English, Zach Johnson, Kuchar, Swafford, Michael Thompson, or Brendan Todd? Uh, do you be think cute. he has this?
1: Oh, he had it. He did yeah, have yeah, it. I was wondering cute. if he.
2: Kuchar. I don't, I don't, I don't, that would be Kuchar. I was just thinking through my head all the sea island guys there, and the Kuchar would definitely be the best there. Most consistent, trending well. Uh, you know, had a was was in contention. Obviously, almost won the match play. Uh, I think he finished top ten last week, and then he has a really good record at this golf course. I think he's gone. He missed the cut in the fall here, but besides that, he's gone twelfth, twenty eighth, fourth, twenty fourth, forty sixth, fifth, eighth, and third. So that's a lot better than any of those other guys you rattled off.
0: I kind of like Harris English.
2: Harris English has not been playing well since he since he won uh, early in the season there at the Century. Yeah, but he won
0: at Kapalua. That's that's a good telltale sign of success at at Augusta National. (laughs) Because of uneven lies? Uneven lies and sloping greens. It's it's like lies, the... but, but,
2: but his form since then has not been very good at all. Yeah, he's been mm-hmm. struggling, and that's across the board in all parts of his game, too. It's not like it's just been one certain area. And that makes it tough because Augusta will expose you if you're not firing all cylinders.
0: Here's a question. Is Tyrell Hatton the worst top ten player in the world all time in terms of major pl- major championship performance?
2: Uh I don't That's think we've imp- seen him play enough in majors when he's been top ten in the world to make that statement. Uh, I think you may have to look at other guys, maybe somebody like a Colin Montgomery who was near Ooh. the top of the world the whole time and never could get it done. I think might be a better, uh, better. Don't person you dare say West, Ad- yeah. Who who needs a larger sample size until we can you know make that claim. But at you least think he, he has cross
1: reference top guys who were top ten when they played in majors and like didn't sniff? Like well, that sounds like you're asking him to I mean, beat the
2: was a pretty good one there cross
0: tabs. I yeah. thought he he almost won a few times.
2: Uh, almost, his point, one, almost one doesn't count. It only counts. Yeah,
0: Had not even making cuts. I think he's not yeah, even around. He's like irrelevant. So he he turns into he turns into him when it, when it comes to time for post-majors woosdom, post-career woosdom when it comes to major championships at this point in his career.
2: Give it a, give it a little bit of time. I don't think Hatton plays well because I don't think Gus is a good fit for him, even though he's a good iron player, just because he's not necessarily the most patient player. But I think you get him in a PGA Championship or Open Championship setting, I think it's much better for Hatton.
1: Okay, so we asked you, this is going to be a regular shotgun start pool. There's Goofy, I've already seen, there's a, how many shots will John Rahm benefit given his newfound perspective There's <laughs> a question. So they look for this, you know, winners, top five, something will get hats, shirts, whatever. We asked you for a few, uh, like ideas, props, you know, different stuff, questions. And one you were talking about was uh, how far, Bryson's farthest drive, right? Something like that, over, under five, 400. I think we segmented him out to like, 350 to 375. Why do you like that? Why is that interesting? Is there a value? Is it just fun to watch? What What Uh, are you on?
2: I mean, that's just a fun one to watch uh, because you know they're being firm and fast. The numbers set in the market right now. A lot of books is around 40 yards, uh, and that's pretty much going to be done on one or two holes. Most likely, number two is probably his best chance to get it done because he can hit driver, carry it onto the down slope, which is about 330 yards, uh, and get 60 or 70 yards of roll down there. And leave himself maybe one sixty into that green. I think is where you could possibly uh, see him get over four hundred yards.
1: Two is the spot. I, there, it's not. There's not ample opportunity, right? Not a lot of par fours. No, I, I mean two he, would be the one.
2: He you could know? potentially do it on nine if he got yeah. a really firm bounce. But at that point, forty yards, you start going on the upslope, and that's where yep. I think it kind of hurts him. But yeah, uh, yep. or either that, or if he gets heavily downwind on fifteen. And you could get some downslope roll, maybe, to get to where you're almost laying up. I think is possible, but I don't see that heavy wind forecast uh, right now that would allow them to do that.
1: And what's this other one with the age that you're talking about? That, that yeah, we should we're talking about look what, at. What
2: the, uh, what the lowest score is going to be compared to somebody's age, what the lowest net score is going to be. So you got somebody who Bernhard Langer uh-huh. is at 63. So if he shoots 70, that's a net seven. So what do you think the lowest score for the week? Net would be using your age as a handicap, and oh, who would it be? I
1: like that. And Lonner's playing Tour Edge now. You see, he's I don't all even understand.
0: I still don't understand this. I, I, it must be over my my mathematics. Ability. You take
2: the player's score and subtract their age, and that's your net score. So if Longer shoots seventy, he's sixty three years old. His net score is seven for the day. So we're talking about so who would be who would be the lowest per- scoring uh, based upon. Uh, Having, I mean, uh, so somebody like like Ali
1: Osborne Shibachi, Shibachi has no chance. Has no chance. He's Twenty, exactly, he's yeah. gonna shoot sixty-five. He's negative, yeah, right.
2: Yeah. But you could have somebody like a Phil Mickelson who's fifty go out and shoot sixty-four, and that would be uh-huh. you know a, a fourteen. So that that could potentially like this, make, this you know, could
0: bring Woozy into the Woozy into yeah. the ball no. game,
2: right? I mean, Woozy's sitting there at sixty-three. So is Sandy Lyle. I think Larry Although, at sixty two.
1: Is Musi uh, that old? He just yeah. has a lot of miles on the body. Is he? Fred Couples. He's an old. He's an old. Whatever. Sixty. 60 he's, yeah. He's 60, much Couples. older than 61.
2: 63. Right. Couples is sixty-one. Vijay Singh, yeah. I think, is fifty-eight. So you got a bunch of guys in his range. It's basically a senior bet, but by using their age as a handicap, it's kind of. A I kind like of like
1: that. I, 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 I'm telling you Lauder's playing Tour Edge now he's in all the new commercials it's, it's, it's going to be a big difference these days the equipment the, ex- the, equipment. the exotics line
0: There's a, yeah. that's a Chicago area company Bally, yeah. I, I'm there surprised Matty Fitz doesn't play that
2: <laughs> not, yet. not yet give it up to you
0: well <laughs>
1: Unbelievable! All right, you got anything else, Andy? I mean, do you want to say your winner? Are You waiting on that? Or did we? Did we? I mean, He's where are you? Where are you? Rom. He's taking Rom. He's Rom. You're Rom. Okay,
0: that's. I don't know who I'm yourself. taking. I, I I'm so lost. I was going to take DJ. Now I, I'm I might take speeth and part of me wants to take JT, and and now Polly's got me thinking I should take Rom. I'm I'm lost completely.
1: Where are you on Web, Pauly, Right now.
2: Uh. He, he hasn't been playing that great. dropped
1: of off really. a little bit. I think, yeah, little, from that streak, which is a
2: little surprising for me, considering we, we typically see him play okay on the West Coast, and then once he gets back in, on the East Coast, on you know, back on Bermuda, he tends to pick things up and play a little bit better, and then kind of trending towards you know the major time. And he, he didn't really play that great uh, over the last month, so that's not that's a little concerning for me, uh, but. Uh, I just don't know if this is a course that is really, unless the conditions get really difficult and you know three four under wins the tournament. I don't know if is a Gus is a course that he can really win at.
1: Is there a head to head out there that is just juicy for the taking? I know you gave us one. I think it was Zalatoris Homa at one of these majors, and it was just like automatic. I don't want to. If I don't want to get you give it, you,
0: this you should get, be behind the get paywall. Get all, you can get all yeah. Polly's oh, yeah, picks no, behind the paywall. Be-
2: I can I I can give you one here. This is one that Andy's gonna like. So this is one on uh on, uh, on, on DraftKings. No, uh, it's an anti-Hatton bet. Ooh, so you get okay. I took uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick between uh, is basically minus one twenty-five uh, against Tyrrell Hatton.
0: I'm gonna book okay. this right now. Okay. So uh,
2: it, it's, moved, it's moved in some places. It's moved to like minus one thirty-five, one thirty-seven. But somewhere anything under minus one fifty, I think has value on this bet because Fitzpatrick's very consistent. Uh, you know, and playing very well, whereas Hatton hasn't been playing that well and hasn't played well at Augusta. So, this is one you can kind of get your anti Hatton exposure that you're talking about,
0: Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out on Hatton. Angry little Anything right. else? WGC, sign me up. Bay Hill, sign me up.
1: BMW, Wentworth. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great. All right. Uh, anything else? Fried Egg Polly on Twitter. Paulie's our guy. Thank you for jumping in here on a ma- major week. I, you kind of indulge our idiocy, our stupid questions. You know, uh, there's actual some insight and value amongst all our, our kind of our, our rambling. But we appreciate it. These, these, what?
0: I got to find these head to yeah, we'll know. Yeah, right? we'll get on them.
1: It's legal in uh, Illinois now, right? Isn't <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's okay. uh, about a year now. Illinois
1: Okay, I got to drive across the bridge to Virginia. Maybe I'll make some wagers. Uh, all right, fried egg Polly on Twitter, Twitter, Elite Sports Network, Elite Sports, uh, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will talk to you maybe in a month at the PGA. Appreciate it, Polly.
2: Anytime, guys.